Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back. Happy Wednesday. How are you doing? I am, I'm doing okay. I woke up this morning, it's Sunday, felt a bit Ugh, it was a bit of a challenge to get out of bed, to be honest. Uh, just in a laziness more than anything, I think. But then I was sort of vegging on the sofa for a bit. And uh, as I said at the end of Monday, I've been in a little bit of a funk, I think, through March. Um, similar to last March, actually, where I just ate way too much chocolate for Easter. Um, and the beginning of this year, January, February was good. I was really kind of focused. And then I kind of lost it a little bit in March um you know I think there's a lot going on in the world isn't there and I don't know uh sometimes we can kind of try and overanalyze and find out the reasons why and then we can get kind of stuck in that but I've been in a bit of a funk (laughs) um I hadn't been running for like a month and as you know that's a new thing so you know taking a break from running um (laughs) kind of means going not quite back to the start and I have had uh, two runs this week and they were tough <laughs> before I stopped. I did like half hour a couple of times and I'd done two 20 minute runs this week and they were tough. And this morning I was like, I've got on my, in my head, my schedule to run today. And I was like, oh, I don't know that that is going to happen. But I've uh, given myself a bit of a kick. Uh, so <laughs> I'm sat here recording this and actually chatting to myself, which is kind of what I'm doing when I'm recording. I feel a little bit better. I've put some laundry on. That is a big thing for me, for mood. It may sound simple, but that is one of my things I really struggle with when I'm feeling low. Um, and yeah, I feel like I'm going to go for a run today. It probably only is going to be 20 minutes, but we'll see. That's my kind of like minimum. If I can run for 20 minutes, then I can stop if <laughs> it's awful, but hopefully. And I guess maybe I just need to build up that consistency again so that it becomes easier. And I know I will feel better uh, when I've done it. And I think for me, maybe that's one of the big things, you know, that I've talked a lot about my story and my mental health and that kind of big turning point when I, just before 10.30, where I was like, oh, I'm not really okay. I need to do something about it. And the big thing that I did was exercise and and get into CrossFit and and all of that. And I think it is hard for me to exercise at home because we don't have much space. The dog wants to join in. And I don't know, I think there's something about psychologically for me going somewhere where I have made that commitment. I have to go. (laughs) There's the social aspect. It's It's a whole experience that it just, for me, makes it easier to to do it because I don't know I I guess for me at home I can just make excuses not to do it or not be in the mood or or whatever and there's something very powerful for me about going out somewhere to do it and and I think that's what's been hard that that 
has been one of my coping mechanisms and it's and it's gone and January and February is fine but March I don't know <laughs> so next week ah, the gym is open for kind of open gym stuff so I can actually get back in so I've booked in for three times next week to go and to do something and the fact that I've booked in and have to show up means I go and and maybe that's it maybe it feels like we're getting a little bit back to something um or that I can see that that is something that can be put back in place and I don't know really what my message is (laughs) with all of this rambling but I guess it's there's something about the importance of knowing for yourself the the things that help you when you are feeling in a bit of a funk and recognizing it and I've recognized it for this month and I've just not really done anything about it um and I think that's part of life as well um but it's because I think you have to really want to do something about it and you can be Sometimes you just have to kind of sit in that place for a little bit and honor how you're feeling until you're ready to do something different. And I think it, it can be, it's a, it's a fine line between then getting stuck in that place. Uh, and maybe I have felt a little stuck this month, but maybe the fact that I ha- have been out running this week and I've kind of pushed myself to do that. And then from next week, kind of back to being able to work out, I'm hoping that that is going to have a positive uh, impact on my mood so we'll see um but yeah wherever wherever you are however you're doing I hope you're doing well but I guess back to circling back uh oh that phrase (laughs) I didn't know I was a circling back kind of person um however you are doing um good bad in between I'm not sure that good or bad are really like they're the best words but you know what I mean um hopefully you know what I mean um yeah be kind to yourself we'll come back to that anyway waffling aside uh thanks again to joey who joined us on monday and today we are joined by alana and uh we're really diving into a lot of great stuff today kind of in a turmoil in a conflict kind of figuring out what's your stuff what's other people's stuff uh, being empathic um I guess a bit of being kind of like highly sensitive, all of that kind of stuff. So really interesting conversation. Uh, So I really hope you enjoy it. And I will be back super quickly at the end. Hi, everyone. I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Alana, to the podcast. So Alana, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi. Um, Really glad to be here. My name is Alana. I'm the author of the book, Finding Your Own Happy, The Soul Searcher's Guide to Peace and Happiness in Everyday Life. And I help sensitive and empathic women overcome feelings of inner conflict and turmoil that leave them feeling not good enough so that they can make peace with themselves and create a life that they really truly enjoy. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I guess I would love to dive straight into this inner turmoil and um if it's possible, are there particular things that can cause that to happen? Yes, there are, there are several different things that create our experience of inner conflict, inner turmoil. Um, and I would say sort of the key pieces, one of them is uh, things from your past that you haven't resolved yet. So um, 
past traumas from your childhood or other places in your life. Also, often the things that are at the subconscious level that we have not been willing to acknowledge or to see with our conscious mind. So it's sort of like churning under the surface, if you will, and, and creating discord in our being. And then the third one is being a sensitive person and absorbing or feeling what's going on around you with everybody else, but not knowing that it is that's what's happening and just thinking it's you. So those are three key pieces that I see that that sort of stir the pot and create turmoil for people. And and I guess um, that there's maybe quite different ways of coming to terms and, and kind of dealing with that, that conflict and that turmoil if it's something that you've been carrying with you from your past versus you're picking up on stuff from outside of yourself, from other people if you're highly sensitive. Yes, absolutely. And part of the key for me, so my story is I struggled with depression uh, for many, many years of my life and couldn't understand why when I was such a self-reflective person, I did so much personal development, I still felt so unhappy happy most of the time. So for someone who is a sensitive or empathic person, but doesn't know it. So the way that you approach your happiness and and that turmoil is very different, right? If it really is your issue, then therapy is going to be really great. Looking at some of the stuff that's contributing, is going to be really helpful. But if it's just you being a sensitive person and absorbing everything that's going on around you, your approach needs to be very different. And if you go thinking that it's you and it's your problem and trying to fix it that way, you're going to see limited results because the truth is it's not an issue inside of you. It's the fact that you're um, aware of everything that's going on around you. And so as soon as you get around another sad person, you'll start feeling sad again and wondering, you know, why can't I get over my sadness? Well, the truth is it's not yours. You have to just learn how to differentiate and separate your energy out from everybody else's. And I imagine for some people, there's maybe a mix of more than just one of them. So then you've got- Oh, absolutely. That. And I think I think a lot of the, as I've talked to more and more folks that identify as being empathic and then also struggle with inner turmoil or unhappiness, almost all of them have had traumatic pasts. So I think that they are, they do go together and it's important to address all three of those things that I talked about to be able to separate out what is yours and what's not, but then to know what is yours to work on and then do the work. And an interesting thing that I've seen as I go forward in my own work is the more I heal my traumas and my pains from the past, the easier being empathic becomes. And the more I address being empathic and being sensitive and, and absorbing the energy around me, the easier it is to deal with my, my trauma. So they kind of feed each other and benefit each other. Mm, Yeah, that's super interesting. So say we are, we're in this place, we've recognized in ourselves that we, that we have this inner conflict going on. And how do we start to do that task of unpicking what's mine? What's uh, other people's stuff? Yeah. Yep. That's so for the, for the sensitive and empathic person among us, which a lot of people are probably more sensitive and more empathic than they recognize. Like I said, it was, you know, probably in my thirties, my early thirties, I'm now 42, that 
it really clicked for me that that was a piece of what was going on for me before that. I just thought I had a lot of problems and, and was messed up. So the tool that I give, the number one tool I give is to ask yourself for every thought, feeling, emotion, sensation, anything that shows up in your world, ask yourself, is this actually mine or who does this belong to? So I'll just tell a little story. The first time I really put this tool to use, I was, I would started feeling really sad. I was in my house. I started crying and feeling all the sadness. And I said, huh, wait a minute. Who does this belong to? Is this even mine? And literally the tears stopped and the crying stopped and I couldn't cry anymore. And like the, the feeling of sadness was just gone. And that will happen. So that may not happen every single time something is not yours, but it can start to create this sense of like, what is you and what is not. And if you do it consistently for three days on everything, then you, you create that gap. You get, create that space between everything else and you. And you start to get a sense of what does it really feel like to be you when you're not absorbed with everybody else. Yeah, that's really interesting. And actually what I was was thinking of, as you were saying, that kind of questioning, is it mine? Um, I think it applies to not just the emotions, but ideas as well, because I sometimes will get carried yeah. away with an idea and then I'll sort of stop and go, wait, this is not. Ideas, beliefs, yeah. stories. So there's a way that you're you know, empathic and feeling what other people are feeling, perhaps. But there's also the level of um, if you go to the trauma part, how many stories or how many points of view did other people put on you about you? And so maybe you have some self-judgment or self-criticism and then you say, wait a minute, is that even mine? Is that even my point of view about myself? No, it's just what my mom always told me about me. And that's her, that's her voice in my head and I can give it back because it's not actually true and it's not actually my point of view. Yeah, I think there's probably so much um, about ourselves and what we think we should do that we have picked up in that way. And and this idea of stopping and questioning, is it mine? Is it how, how I feel about myself or how I um, experience myself is something that we just not, we just don't do. We're not taught to, to do, but it sounds like it's uh, mm-hmm. such a valuable activity. I think so. And I think so many people who like sort of the predominant sort of statement that a lot of people who are empathic make is like, I just feel different. And what's wrong with me? I just, I hear that over and over again, like what's wrong with me. And the truth is there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't learned and understood what it means to be empathic and how to work with it. You're just different it's not wrong. It's just different and you don't understand it. And that's, and not everybody, not everybody is that aware of what's going on around them or that sensitive to what's going on around them. And so it can make you feel very different because the general population doesn't experience the things the same way as you do. But once you understand it and understand how to work with it, then it can stop feeling so overwhelming, so draining, so challenging. And then I mean, it can start to be a fun gift of like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm perceiving something that's going on with this person. Like, I wonder what that's about. I wonder what's going on for them. And that leads me perfectly into my next question, which was, 
if we are recognizing ourselves in this description of someone who is more empathic and, and sensitive, how can we start to work with it? How can we maybe protect ourselves from some of those emotions if that's even yeah. possible to do? So my book, Finding Your Own Happy, has a lot of great tools in it. I wrote it for the person who um, is that in that place of inner turmoil and confusion and saying, what's wrong with me? I've tried so many things. I'm still not that happy. I don't get what I'm missing. Um, and so the book kind of lays that out. Like, here's what some of the stuff that you've been miss- missing. And here's some of the ways that you can start to address it and work with it that will change it for you. So that first key is start to tell what is yours and what is not. Because the truth is you can't fix, solve, heal, or resolve something that didn't belong to you in the first place. It's just awareness. So being aware of my mom. So I, I had a very empathic relationship with my mom and I could feel a lot of what was going on with her. And so just to acknowledge it sometimes, or I call her up on the phone and say, mom, what's going on? And she would tell me and be like, yeah, okay, that's exactly how I was feeling. And then my sense of it would go away because I acknowledged it with her and I realized it was her, not me. And then I was free from it. And so if I'd sat in my own space thinking it was me and trying to fix it, trying to get to the bottom of it, it doesn't usually work very well. Um, so, but, so that, that separation now is so important to, and when I work with a client, that's the first thing I do is say, let's clear out everything that's not you so that we can work on the, the small percentage that actually truly is you and needs to be resolved or teach you the tools about how to, how to start to separate your energy. Um, so I guess a second tool would be the more that you are willing to occupy yourself and your own life and take up space in your own life and show up for you as you, the less space there is for everybody else is the best way I can put it. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. And I guess when you've got that, all that stuff that you're taking ownership of that's maybe not yours, yeah, it, it just fills that space. It fills up your energy. And I, I describe it sometimes, this is just the way that I could best sense it in myself. And then with people I worked with is like, it's almost like you have this basket, right? And like, you can fill up the basket and be in the basket yourself. Or, but it was almost like as an empath, I was like, remove myself and walk around with this basket being like, here, give me your, give me your energy, give me your stuff. Um, like I'm open and receptive to, to sensing and feeling everything that's going on with everybody else. And it was rather overwhelming. But then I realized the more that I was showing up or like I had to do something, you know, I had to give a talk or I had to see a client. And as soon as I really showed up in an empowered way in my own life and took up that space, I was like all of the turmoil that I was like, you know, even like processing before I got on that call with my client or before I had to go give that talk. It's like, as soon as I stepped into that role of really being myself in a full way, it's like all gone. I'm good. It's not an issue anymore. So that's, that's part of the path of empowerment is really to be willing to show up as your best self and your full self and um, take up space, which I know if you've been traumatized um, or if you're empathic, it can be hard to do at first to learn how to really um, show up as you. (laughs) Yeah. I guess thinking of your basket analogy, I guess it's maybe we just like having a full basket and if we're not going to fill it with ourselves, then we're going to find other stuff to put in yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, um, and so 
can you take everybody else's energy out of your bat? Anybody else's energy you've put in your basket, can you take it out and can you pull your energy back in? I mean, I talk a little bit about that um, in a slightly different way in the book as well, but sort of that tool of like, I need to occupy myself and my own space. And um, in so with some of my clients, I've done work about like, are you willing to be in your body? So if you've had physical trauma, you may have like kind of disassociated from your body and um, on a sort of an energetic way, you're, you're hanging out kind of above your body. You're not really fully willing to occupy your body. And that also creates some of that turmoil and that discord. Um, and so learning to reconnect and be willing to, to be here. I mean, I know for a lot of us, myself included, like I haven't really been so sure about being on this planet and being in this life and it's been challenging. And so I've wanted to leave and I've checked out. And it was when I really committed myself to saying, you know what, I'm here and I'm going to choose to be here and I'm going to choose to be here and find a way that it's going to work for me and that I can be happy and not struggle so much. Um, and then that's, that's made it easier to know like, okay, I'm choosing to be here and I'm choosing to do it in a way that's going to work for me. And that was like my determination. And what led to writing the book was the ter- determination that I have to find a different way because my life is so painful right now, like literally just not wanting to be here anymore, not feeling like anything made sense. I have to find a way to be here and make it work for me. And I'm committed to that because I'm not going to off myself. So let me figure out how to make it work. And so over the years, then I started to pull together all these pieces that made a real difference for me and then wanted to share them because I saw so many other people sort of in that similar place of like, I don't get it. And I'm not sure if I, I want to stick around. Um, so that's, that's a lot of my sharing is like, look, if you get these pieces about your life, it's going to be a lot easier for you. And you can find a path forward that is your own unique happiness path. So if we are not showing up as ourselves and if we're not feeling connected to our body, if we're then choosing to, to really commit and show up in that way that can help us. Do you have any other kind of tips for anyone who is in that space where they, they feel that disconnection from their body or they just, for whatever reason, are playing small and not not fully yeah. showing up as themselves? Well, I would say definitely read my book. And also, um, so the things that I talk, I have a um, actually a class that I taught, which is five keys to overcoming chronic unhappiness and depression. And the pieces, so there's... Um, Dealing with your your past pain, hurt, and trauma is essential. Uh, Addressing what's going on at the subconscious level, because that is where so much of our behavior that we feel like we can't change, it can't get over. Um, Then giving back all the stuff that isn't yours and isn't belonging to you. Having that proper support and um, encouragement to process all of that. One of the things that keeps people from healing from their past is that they've never been able to have an emotionally appropriate response to what happened to them. So either, you know, they've, you know, they get hurt and they cry or their parents are mean to them and they, they react emotionally. And then they're told that their emotions are wrong and they have to cut them off. And it creates a lot of, a lot of that turmoil and conflict inside is because you can't trust yourself and you can't know what's true because If somebody hurts you and you're not allowed to acknowledge that it hurt, it gets really confusing 
And that's on emotional as well as physical level. And the reason that we can't have emotionally appropriate responses when we're children is that we need to maintain our relationships with our caregivers. We need to have that attachment um, because to, to disconnect, to go against what that caregiver is saying will lead to us feeling like our life is in danger because we depend on that person for survival, right? And so the way that you can have an emotionally appropriate response is to have a caring and empathic witness or presence or someone who can validate your pain and tell you that you're okay and stay connected to you through that process. And so my experience is that is often really necessary to have an external container, a coach, a therapist, a a dear friend. Um, If you're a kid and you're lucky enough to have a a caring auntie or uncle or, or someone that you can confide in, that can make a real world of difference about how you survive your childhood and the traumas that you experience because somebody let you know that you were having an emotionally appropriate response. So that's another, I think, really big critical piece. It was for me and I think for a lot of my clients is to finally be seen and heard about the things that happened to you when you were a little girl or boy. Um, And I mean, over and over again, I got on my first call with clients and what do we do? We look at the hurting. It's often in the range of like three, four, five-year-old, hurting five-year-old that still feels alone and in pain and lost and like nobody's there for them and nobody cares. And we reintegrate that part of themselves. Um, and it makes such an amazing difference. Awesome. Thank you, Alana. So we've kind of covered uh, empaths and, and people who are more sensitive and people who are kind of carrying that that trauma from, from childhood. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you have a kind of final thought on um, things that you've learned from your work or kind of advice for anyone listening before we move on to my set questions? Yes. So one of the things that I feel so essential for people to know is if you've been struggling for a long time, or you feel like there's something just wrong with you, or you're broken and you're not able to, you know, it's like, what's wrong with me? I just want you to know that actually there isn't anything wrong with you. You work incredibly well everything that is going on in your life, everything you're, you're experiencing, even your depression, even your challenge is at some fundamental level an appropriate response and a response that is trying to help you get to a better place. And like even there is always wisdom behind your experience. And even my really dark depression, when I really finally understood what was behind it, um, I saw that it had a life-serving purpose and it was trying to help me and that I could transform it. So I just really want people who are listening to know that there is hope and it's not that you're broken, wrong, or screwed up. You just haven't learned how to understand and work with what's going on with you in a way that will really dynamically change it and give you a more happy, joyful, satisfying experience in your life. Fantastic. Thank you for that. And that segues perfectly into my first question that I ask everyone that comes on, which is what brings you joy in your life? Um, definitely my work brings me a lot of joy and helping it, it. To me, it's like this calling and this gift that has been born out of my own suffering and my own challenge is that I have an ability to help people. I also get a lot of joy from um, playing with children. That's another piece um, in my life as well as just 
the, I live in a beautiful place that people come from all over the world to visit. And so the natural world is also a, a great source of joy for me. Awesome. Thank you for that. And then my next question is sometimes this is similar, sometimes not, which is always interesting for me, uh, is what makes life meaningful for you? I think it's along the same lines is, is feeling like I am doing something purposeful in my life that there's some part of me that is uniquely me that I get to contribute to the world in a way that makes a positive difference. Brilliant. Thank you. So my next two questions are around our kind of overarching topic uh, on the podcast, which is mental well-being, mental wellness. So my first question for you is what does mental wellness mean to you? It's about getting out of that sense of inner conflict and inner turmoil, that place where, and maybe some of your listeners can relate to this, where I feel like, am I just crazy or I don't understand what's going on. I just feel so out of sorts. I feel so twisted up. Um, and so that's, and my book, my title of my book is about happiness, right? But really what I'm talking about is that inner congruency and that inner sense of peace. And I can have that and have that mental wellness while being sad, while having tears stream down my face, while going through a range of emotions but it's very different than being in that place of inner turmoil and conflict where everything feels so, um, I guess, just conflictual or twisted up or I don't know what's going on kind of feeling, which is very different than just feeling the natural emotions of like something sad happens, you feel sad about it. That's like part of the journey of life versus all of that conflict, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, peace, yeah. really peace, peace with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And so then my follow-up question and possibly some of the things we've already talked about might uh, partially answer this question is for yourself, how you maintain your mental well-being. So how you keep that peace for yourself. Yeah. For me, being a highly empathic and sensitive person, it is essential that I pay attention to what is my energy and what is not other, what is other people's energy and um, whenever I feel like I'm getting, I call it wobbly or like off my center or starting to absorb too much in other people's energy, I really have to take the time to, again, fill up myself with my own energy, my own space, um, just be quiet. Or, I mean, I have these just practices where I, it's like, I'm just pushing everybody else's energy out or I'm removing it from my space. Um, and that is essential. I have to do that. I have to keep grounding myself with myself or it can get really crazy. <laughs> and, um, but when I do that, then I do quite well and, and life is much easier. Brilliant. Thank you. And so then my next question, sometimes a challenge for people is, uh, are you able to describe your own mindset? Huh. Mindset. Um, I would say, well, it's interesting. Mindset is interesting because I'm sure a lot of your listeners read a lot of and, and follow a lot of things that are all about mindset, right? And um, having a, the right attitude and so forth and so on. The piece that I want to highlight is that mindset is great. And I, and I love mindset work. And if you're a sensitive or empathic person, then you might be picking up on all sorts of energies and things that are not you that make it 
challenging in some way to maintain whatever mindset you have. And then you think like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get to this happy place again? Or why can't I just shift my attitude or, or like, why do I feel such darkness? I should be able to do this mindset thing. And again, it comes back to, yes, when you're be you being you, then the mindset work is powerful, but make sure that you're um, addressing. So if you think you have a lot of negativity going on or that you just need to shift your mindset and you can't, chances are you're picking up on all sorts of energies that are not you. Um, and so I don't know how that sort of fits with my mindset, but I think that's the first and foremost place that I go to is like, um, is this mine? Is this my belief? Is this my, um, cause I think in general, like when I get outside of that, I'm a very positive person. I'm a very, um, I guess one of my mindset is to live in the question and to always be curious and to think about um, what else can be possible in my life and how do I find the way and um, always looking for the opportunity and the possibility. But when I'm mired down in some of that dark energy, then things look very different and feel very different. And so my message, I guess, again, is to come back to you and your truth and your energy, because once you do that, everything else is so much easier. Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, one of the reasons I love this question is because it goes in all kinds of um, different directions. <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and it, and it's so fascinating the way that different people have uh, different um, ideas of, of, you know, how they would describe their own mindset. Um, and yeah, thank you for that, that kind of reminder that we can also pick up on that from other people if you are someone who is highly sensitive. Um, so this brings us to my favorite, my favorite question to ask. And I know we've already given some, some tips for people that they can try, but I always ask guests to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that you'd recommend that we have a go at in our own life. So do you have mm -hmm. a top one to three? So things? let's just recap what I said. So number one is to really be able to tell what is yours and not what's not by number one asking, is this mine? So that's the first tool to use to get there. Um, Number two is the more that you take up space and occupy, occupy space in your own life and really are willing to show up as your authentic self, then the easier that empath journey becomes. And number three, I think it, that is so essential if you feel like you're doing a lot of things and it's not quite working, is to address the subconscious layers of what's going on for you. And there's many ways to do that. And in my book, I talk about some of them, my book, Finding Your Own Happy. Um, but that is uh, one of the main reasons I find that people are not seeing the sort of shift and change in results that they would like is that a lot of what's going on for them is happening um, out of conscious awareness. Awesome. Thank you. And so then that brings me to my last question, which is where people can find you. So you've, you've mentioned your book, if you can kind of remind us of yep. the name and where to find it. And if people are interested in working with you, where can they find you? Yeah. So my book is available at findingyourownhappybook.com. And so you can, I actually give away free PDF copies because I wrote it to make a difference for people. So go there, just fill it out and you'll get a free copy. I also have a face, an active Facebook group by the same name, Finding Your Unhappy. Um, and I do free classes, um, lots of different great content in there. Um, so that's great. And then um, you can also just go to my website, healingmindsandhearts.com. Um, but definitely, if you are on social media, then Facebook is a great place to continue the conversation. 
Awesome. Thank you. And we will absolutely link in show notes so that people can find you easily uh, in all of those places and, uh, and pick up a copy of the book. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alana. I've really, really enjoyed speaking with you today. I'm definitely thinking about how empathic I may or may not be. <laughs> yes, it's a good question to entertain, especially yes. if you struggle with happiness, mental health, um, all that kind of stuff. I think it's a, a factor that not is not commonly recognized more and more so now, but um, I think a lot of people in, in, you know, go to therapy, unless you have a really keyed in therapist, they're not going to say, oh, by the way, are you empathic? Is that what's going on for you? you know? Yeah, so. I am. I'm in therapy at the moment. It's something that I have for, for just for my own um, health. So maybe I'll ask her. <laughs> Do you yeah. think I'm an empath? See how, but then we'll probably analyze why I've asked her that question. So maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, just put together that tool. Um, is this mine? Um, you know, start to pay attention to, and also like, we didn't talk about this, but you know, if you get in certain spaces around certain people and you feel differently, um, when you come around somebody and then as soon as you walk away from them, you feel differently again, um, that's a good chance that, um, you are, um, actually just empathic and, and picking up on, um, and if you read the book too, there's a lot of things in there that help you start to, to sort out and differentiate like not only is it yours or not but even whose is it like okay this is my mom this is this person this is that person and I've gotten to the point where I can you know oh okay I feel this a friend let me call them and find out what's going on with them for example yeah awesome well yeah thank you so much uh, yeah my pleasure again sharing your wisdom with us So thanks again to Lana for, for joining us and sharing. Um, and I was going to, I don't know, one of the things I've sort of set myself to do is actually to share about how you can work with me. <laughs> it feels a bit funny kind of being at the beginning like, hey, I'm, I've been in a funk now, come work with me. But um, yeah, <laughs> but you know what? I think it's just, it's about honoring the human experience, isn't it? And um, anyone, no matter how, I guess it's something that we talked about with Joey, no matter how put together people look, they're, <laughs> they're not. We're all just kind of muddling through and figuring it out. Uh, anyway, there is information on my website if you're interested in working with me, uh, www.psykehe.co.uk. Um, but I'm not going to talk too much about that. What I'm going to share about is uh, something new. I don't know how this is going to go, uh, but we have joined the world of TikTok. I say that I have been on TikTok for a while, like mindlessly scrolling, looking at random animal videos there's a lot of people who rescue cute things and <laughs> lots of weird stuff dancing I don't know I it's one of my sort of mindless scrolling things I do often in the morning uh, lots of guests come on and tell us that's not a good thing to do but anyway I still do it um <laughs> so but we've joined TikTok as a way of I guess sharing um mental health mental well-being type content connecting asking questions and really just to be honest, having a play around and, and seeing um, what it is all about. So if you are on TikTok, we are at Psyche Coaching, super original. We're just that everywhere. Um, so you can connect with us on there. We've just shared a little, hey, this is me post. Um, and also uh, kind of ask us questions. So we really want to engage and chat with you. So if you have got a question about what mental well-being whatever it is, <laughs> life in general, 
uh, pop it in the comments to that post and we'll do our best to or I'll do my best to answer it uh, and share my thoughts um we'll be doing uh more posts where you can you know duet with us if you want and really I, I don't really know what my thinking is behind it but just a way to reach more people because I think it is so so valuable when you can have conversations about how you're doing even if it is I'm not doing great um and also I think there's something really powerful about hearing from other people saying do you know what I'm not doing great today because that's life and it and it makes us feel connected it makes us feel not alone and I think that's one of the big things with mental health um it can feel really isolating it can feel like you are the only one going through what you're going through and you can like rationally know that that's not true but actually hearing someone's story can be really powerful so maybe my waffling at the beginning uh did give you that kind of reassurance I don't know um but if you if you're on TikTok yeah follow us connect with us that would be amazing you can also connect with us across other social media at Psyche Coaching and last thing if you are enjoying the show whether it is your first time here or you are a regular listener welcome thank you and please do rate and review it really means a lot to us I think we're stuck at around 20 reviews so stuck that's still amazing but it would be fab to to get a few more uh, and also because we just would love to know you know what you think of the show um so yeah please do that wherever you listen and we will be back next week with two more amazing conversations uh thanks again to joey and alana who joined us this week have a good week as always take care of yourself be kind to yourself and i'll speak to you soon bye for now